You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. <laughs> Welcome to Sharing Socks, the Tony LaRusa video edition, uh, thanks to WGN. I am uh, Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen, and with me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will, and behind him, a picture of the tarp over the stadium at Progressive Field, where they are not playing baseball today. It's supposed to be game four of the Cleveland series, as it Turns out, Sox lost two out of three, despite a really dramatic finish uh, to game number three. Meanwhile, speaking of really dramatic, I just watched uh, the video that WGN got uh, by through a Freedom of Information Act request of Tony LaRusso's greatest hit, uh, and it, it was it was pretty interesting. There wasn't new information there uh, really. It was a it's a video very short of uh, Larusa's arrest for DUI last year. And uh, did you see it? I didn't, I didn't watch it. I just didn't, I just didn't. I, that's why I told you to watch it. I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not watching this crap. And one of us has to watch it, so. Well, the, one of the fun, <laughs> a couple of things. It was, it was, it was fun to watch Larusa in handcuffs, but, um, and he was, and here I'm pulling his, uh, Hall of Famer baseball person thing. Although I will say he didn't shout it. I actually thought he must have shouted it. He didn't. He was just kind of mumbling. I'll tell you, he it, it's only a zero point nine, which is not you know drunk drunk. Um, it's just enough to to be a DUI. Well, I would hope it would be a point zero nine versus a zero point nine. If he's looking at one oh. percent of his uh, blood being yeah, alcohol, no, okay. we'll, 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 we'll go we'll go with the other <laughs> one. Um, but um, he looks. Pretty gone. Um, 
I did see that in the stills. Yeah, he. And and, you know, the two times that he's been arrested, once he passed out in his car at an intersection, they couldn't help but arrest him. And in this one, he blew out a tire going over a curb. You don't know how many hundreds, there may have been none in between. It may have been none. This was just freak occurrences. But the chances are, I think one in 80 drunk drivers gets, gets caught. Chances are there were lots and lots of times where he managed to get home without smashing into anything or passing out. But the most fun thing of the of the video was that there were two cops eventually, and one of them obviously was not a baseball fan. He had no clue. Even when 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 Lewis <laughs> is going oh, Hall of Fame, I'm legit. I'm Hall of Fame. That guy's got no <laughs> idea. So the other cop is explaining to him. He's kind of like he's kind of like the Michael Jordan of baseball. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which I think it's a little strange because you know it's yeah he's a whole fame he's got, he's got World Series rings you know uh, man yeah most, most valuable manager you know. so he's explaining all this and it's, oh, oh okay <laughs> yeah if if you didn't know who he was and someone told you that guy's the Michael Jordan of baseball you would determine right then and there to never watch baseball for the rest of your life. <laughs> You would look at that and be like, wait, that guy's the MJ? It was, a, it was an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I get what the guy was trying to say, but LaRusse is not even the Phil Jackson of baseball. You know, he doesn't have that many titles. He wasn't, he's not that good at it. Uh, that is really, really funny. This guy's the Michael Jordan. Does he actually say that? Do you hear him say that? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I, could, do you know if LaRusse heard it? Did he hear it? And he was like, that's right. Well, he was, he was, it looked, it appeared that Lewis at that time was handcuffed in the back seat and kind of hanging his head down over. Right, side. right. How much he made out. That um, is the funniest thing I've heard in all of this. Obviously, DUI is not funny at all. But hearing a cop try to explain to another cop who Tony LaRusse is as he's drunk in the back seat and refers to him as the Michael Jordan of baseball is just, you, I mean, you can't write it better than that. You can't write it. If you saw that in a play, you would be like, this guy's never seen a baseball game in his life. This playwright's a hack. La Russa, the Michael Jordan of baseball? Come on. Michael Jordan wasn't the Michael Jordan of baseball. Well, maybe that's what he meant by Michael Jordan of baseball. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he's on the scene for a little while and then messes up and decides to go do something else. Yeah, maybe that's what he was talking about. Meanwhile, and it was interesting. I, I some stuff that, I, that I've seen. Um, there was some reference to the DUI, and it was on MLB trade rumors. And boy, he got a lot of defenders on there. And you started reading through more and more of them, and it was all because it was the point nine. It says, "Oh no, 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 that's not wrong. It's that's not even drunk." You can tell that these guys who've been arrested on DUIs before, and they're defending anybody who ever got. Was a fascinating uh, little bit there. Or if Anyhow, they have, things, or even if they haven't been, they know that they have driven at over point zero nine. So <laughs> they're just, you know, it it really is crazy. His defenders and, um, you know, Stone was defending Larusa yesterday on Twitter, not about that, just in general, and having some pretty nasty interactions with some fans. Um. He did then come on and apologize and say that they, they had lost their, I think, dog that morning. And he was just like in a really terrible mood. And, you know, I thought it was really cool that he he gave the the reasoning for, for these interactions. Um, 
And, you know, it was, he was defending La Russa as, as a manager, um, not necessarily a person, but was saying, like, all you guys do is critique and attack this guy, and here we are. And uh, then he came on later and, you know, said the thing about his dog, which is very valid. He was in a bad mood. He was having some bad fan interactions. The fans don't make it easy on Steve Stone on Twitter. Um, you know, it's become pretty clear that if Steve and I were to sit down and talk about politics, it wouldn't go well. Uh, but he is also a huge proponent of leaving all that stuff out of it. Uh, but it was really interesting to see him defend La Russa and then come back on and sort of backtrack a little bit uh, in terms of his tone in defending La Russa. Um, but yeah, I mean, seeing La Russa in handcuffs, even in that still was great. I wish he was in handcuffs all the time because it would keep him from doing this to the bullpen. Uh, when he's making a terrible bullpen decision, uh, which he has been prone to do this year. Uh, but anyway, moving on. Speaking of those, though, uh, if we go to just the most recent series with, with Cleveland in game three where the Sox had about this close to a comeback, uh, a miracle comeback in the ninth inning, the manager who really, really screwed up is the future Hall of Fame manager. Uh, how Terry Francona left, Karinchek in there when when he gave 42 hits and 16 walks and he's still out there on the mound uh, not finding the plate anywhere and I really think it's only because Jose I think it's because Mercedes has been in the huge slump ever since Larusa badmouthed him and everything I think that's why that why Jose was swinging into two and zero pitch last night with the bases loaded against a guy who can't find the plate because it was that thing that that jose gets into a i've got to win this or yeah it's not going to get done well you want mercedes had mercedes yeah. is four for 40 last 41 or something like that i mean you know over 18 or 20 whatever it is it's just awful so i think jose figured i've got to get it done and not just tie it i i gotta win this and when he does that he tends to swing at some pitches that maybe wasn't a good idea to swing it yeah that was that was really really bad at that um just shocking to to cut it two and zero on this, and um, yeah, I think you're exactly right. It, it, it's Jose getting in the, the this is the chance to win. I've got to win it. Uh, when in reality, Karen Check probably does walk him in that at bat inside the game. Um, speaking of Karen Check, though, what did you think about Stone pointing out the black substance in Karen Check's glove? Well, it was very quick in a way, and and yeah, it was interesting. It, it was really interesting. Is, what apparently is going, although it's interesting because he wasn't able to pitch it all anyway. But uh, it apparently, from everything I'm able to see and read, is now almost universal. Yeah, but no, I agree. Doctoring the ball is just what is being done. And there's some recommendation that if you stop that, you really, really stopped it, that it would put some more balance into pitcher versus uh, batter. Here's why I think it's interesting. Um, is that Stone brought it up late in the game. He, he saw it happening. And what's interesting to me is the, the mindset of pretty much everyone is doing this tells me that Stone saw something a little above what everyone else has been doing. And he was saying, you know, if there's black substance in a red glove, you know, you're not even trying to hide that you're cheating. 
uh, and there's nothing in the news about it at all today. Nobody seemed to care, but I, I thought it was really fascinating that, that Stone brought that up and pointed that out at such a key moment because he is not one to, to accuse people of really anything. Um, and to see that at that moment really made me think, you know, something's up with this. There, there's, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but, you know, Karen Check, who is, uh, oddly enough, a conspiracy theory guy, uh, if, you, if you go down his, his rabbit hole. Uh, you know, Karen Check, um, for all better words, seems like he's bonkers uh, and seems like maybe a guy who would potentially do a little a little cheating. Um, so I don't know what's going to come of that. But, you know, I kind of liked them uh, the other day that, against the Cardinals. There was that uproar about policing yeah. the hat. I thought that made sense. I thought you got to police the hat. Why does the hat look like that? Police it. And the manager immediately defending the pitcher makes me think, yes, of course he was cheating. Um, and and then seeing it with Karen Check, you know, it, it is a huge problem if it's becoming the norm. Because the last thing these pitchers need uh, in terms of their advantage over the hitters is is a way to doctor this ball that they're already able to put insane spin rates on. Um, and again, I agree that probably a lot of guys are doing it, but we we got to put an end to that. And I, I think you're right that there's a good chance that if you can get people to stop doctoring the ball, you're going to see breaking balls that are a lot easier to hit. Uh, and that could level out some of this this uh, competitive advantage that the pitchers have over over the, the hitters right now. Um, but I was really surprised that he said it. And, and I think it's something that we really need to keep track of, and I admire him for pointing it out. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with it. But I, I did not like the look of that substance in the glove. You know, as he was saying, there are substances you see on pitchers and on, on hitters too that that are perfectly legal substances that they use for whatever reason, whether it's rosin or pine tar, whatever. But a black spot in a red glove is, it doesn't look good and I, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised we're not seeing more about it uh today in the news there's nothing about it from what i can tell uh, but that's something to keep an eye on for sure because stone pointing it out not that i think he's you know almighty but i do listen to him a lot and i thought it was really interesting for him to point that out on tv late in the game meanwhile we had a couple of pitchers really struggle uh in this series uh, Carlos Rodon had his second bad game of the year. Uh, Dylan Cease, it's more common to see him struggle. He was really couldn't get anything done. Uh, got bailed out by some excellent relief work through through the course of, of game three of the series. Which brings the question of what happens when Jace Fry is uh, done with his rehab, which apparently is going to be very soon. Who goes down? Right. I'm going to I'm going to guess Matt Foster. Uh, Seems like the logical one. Uh, Ruiz has gotten hit. He didn't get hit yesterday. We're, we're recording Wednesday. Um, but he had given up, I think, a run in five straight games before that. But Ruiz is out of options. So you can't send mm-hmm. Ruiz down. He goes on uh, irrevocable waivers, and he's gone. Somebody will take him. Uh, whereas you can send Foster down, and he's younger, and more of a chance you work with him. and and get him to improve. He's, he's been very, very bad. I mean, they're basically never pitching him now, except in uh, 
in games with big run spreads already. So yeah, I, I think I, I think you move Foster down for sure. Um, you don't want to lose Ruiz. I, I know that he hasn't been great, but he is a guy that you can you need guys who you can bring in in low leverage situations. Not every reliever is coming into a high leverage situation. I don't think he's a high leverage guy, but you know, if you got to get through five innings and you have a six run lead, seven run lead, you need guys like Ruiz who, yeah, maybe they're going to give up one over an inning or two. That's fine. Foster right now just can't get anybody out. And I'm not giving up on Foster. I actually think Foster has some interesting talent, uh, but he really needs to go back to to the minors and work on that outside of a big league setting because you're not going to work on it in the big league setting. You're going to go out and get smoked. You know, this is the, it's the pros. So you don't, you don't have the opportunities to really work on your stuff mid season uh, in a, in a relief capacity. He's got to go down to the minor leagues, work on it. Ruiz, I think is, is a guy who's not going to be great. He was performing above what he's capable of early on. That was hugely helpful to us as a lot of our relievers were performing way under what we expected. Um, but I think Foster goes down. I think it's a no-brainer. And then you've got uh, Kopech coming off the IL apparently very soon, within the next week. And the guy who came up to fill in, uh, Ryan Burr, on Tuesday not only pitched really well, but turned into Mark Burley uh, or Harvey Haddix or anyone else <laughs> like out there on a great dive to catch what was a very bad bunt, but which would have been a hit anyway uh, if it had landed on the ground uh, after a short pop-up situation. So I guess he'll go back down when, when Kopech comes back up. But we, there are other alternatives there, too. There are some guys who are not pitching very well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, I, I think unfortunately for Burr, he, he is going to go down. You, you could never convince me ever that we should have him up instead of Kopech, which I know is not what you're saying, but uh, Kopech's spot is secure in, on the oh team. yeah no no he's 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 coming back that that's for that's, just a yeah. question of who else will go down while we're talking about ups and downs uh, let's see we got Detroit coming up that hardly counts as a major league series and then Toronto which will be very interesting challenge because we are nicely under 500 against any teams that are over it uh, and that's one tough team coming out of the, the American League East. But let's talk. Let's let's uh, come back and talk about what happens with Adam Engel. Right. Yeah. So let's take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we'll talk about who's going where, who's moving. It, it is going to be a wild ride <laughs> of trying to figure out how to how the hell to put this team back together once these guys start coming back. But let's take a quick break, uh, and we will be right back on sharing socks. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. 
All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. Uh, we just kind of talked about musical chairs in the bullpen, and now we're going to talk about musical chairs in the dugout. Um, so we got uh, Adam Engel potentially coming back. Adam Engel, who has been potentially coming back uh, for months now, months. it seems like. Yeah. It just seems like we're always one week away from Adam Engel. Uh, seriously. Uh, you know, they uh, Charlotte had to get their whole league took Memorial Day off. That seems weird. It seems like a day you'd want to play baseball. But uh, then Tuesday night, he did not play. He's hitting 375, so it's not like he was benched. Uh, so I don't know if that means anything. They just had some guy they wanted to get in there. I thought maybe he was already packing his bags to come to Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but there's no indication of that on the White Sox sites. Um but he's, well, he's my, my guess would be that that is what was happening, that they liked what they saw. I mean, they know he's a pro player. He doesn't need a long workout in the minors as long as he's healthy. Um, so my guess would be that they said, make sure this guy doesn't get hurt. We'll see him next week. Um, I, I think we're going to have Angle up very soon. Again, I think that every week. Uh, so, so we'll see what happens, but what, what do you do? What's your move when angle comes back? Well, of course we agreed last week on this very show that the guy who has to go is Jake Lamb who proceeded then to hit 500 with about, I don't know, 26 homers in the last week and to make a great diving catch. in right field. So apparently the clue, and we need to get word of this to White Sox managers because we could get paid for this every time. We badmouth a guy. He turns terrific. Uh, now, the alternative is if we speak really well of someone, he tends to struggle. So we, we'll try to stay away from that. Uh, but Lamb apparently is is going to stick around. Uh, Billy Hamilton, thank goodness, because I love Billy Hamilton, uh, has proven that he's got to stay. Yeah, Billy's so, got it at this point. I mean, the the home runs are the home runs, you know, whatever. But – the the fact is the guy's hitting better than we ever thought he would and he is electric in the field. So And on the bases. And on the I mean on the bases he's just he's such a crucial thing to have in your back pocket. The guy is lightning fast. Everyone knows this. I'm just saying stuff we all know out loud, but Billy has earned his spot. You get rid of Billy now, which would be the Reinsdorf move. It would be the Larusa move <laughs> to send Billy down. Uh, and, and, and bring up angle, but it's just, it's not going to happen. Billy Hamilton's here to stay. My thought on lamb is bye-bye. I, 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 I still think that's the best choice, but I don't think it can happen because he's now got one of the highest, uh, batting averages and OPSs on the team granted in a very small sample size. Um, so we then get, we got Mendick, uh, we got Lauri, and those probably are what it's gonna. Well, the one I think really should go down because I think he's done. I think he's finished. Is Eaton? Yeah, but I agree. That is that is not gonna happen. You're paying him eight or nine million dollars. Uh, he's he's well, not I mean, going anywhere. He, and he, of course, as soon as soon as Eaton going down, crossed my mind, he hit the two run homer that won the game on, on uh, in one of the double header <laughs> games. Exact same thing with me. Right when he came up to bat, I was like, I had the thought of, you know, who really should go down? Adam Eaton. What does this guy do? And then, of course, he had the, the huge home run. Uh, 
yeah, Adam Eaton quits baseball forever the second you send him down. So if you send Adam Eaton down, you're just ending your your tenure with Adam Eaton, which I'm fine with, but they won't be fine with. Uh, no. So Eaton is going to stay. Um, you know, maybe it's not a bad thing to have one player who can speak to Tony. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mendick, Mendick really makes sense to send down. Um, you know, it, he's. I like Mendick. I, I think he's good. I, I also think he's good. Interesting trade bait. Uh, Leori has been very underwhelming, but he's so useful to have as a guy who can really come in and play every position, but catcher and maybe first, but he'd probably play first better than Lamb did. Um, so I do think Mendick is probably, is probably going to be the one that goes down. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for Mendick. You know, Mendick is, he's not a great pro player. He was a gold glove finalist. I get that somehow, but you know, I just don't know. I just don't know that he's really a guy that we need to keep up here. And I think maybe another team would want him at the deadline. It uh, It's interesting. I looked at some defensive uh, evaluations uh, this morning. And it, <laughs> defensive ratings are so bizarre. The, the Sox, just on fan graphs itself, at the top, an oozer, and near the bottom, a defensive run saved. How can that be? <laughs> I don't understand how how that, that can happen that way. But uh, negative defensively, despite the fact that they make the occasional nice grab, uh, Lamb, of course, very uh, negative defensively. Uh, Leury is negative defensively. Uh, Vaughn is. Jose is, but I think that's from early season. He had four errors in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, he did, he did not uh, I have start no, well no the first day. I don't know if his yeah. hands were cold or what, but it, he's been just fine. He's been last year's Jose since then playing extremely well. Catchers, of course, they're very negative. Um, yeah, they get some framing points. They can't throw anybody out. <laughs> can't um, throw anybody out, and they seem, they're seem they still committing interference <laughs> regularly. They, they, commit, they commit interference. They've got more than average pass balls and wild pitches. Uh other than the framing, it's, you know, frankly, if they go to electronic uh, umpires, uh, strike zone stuff there, I probably don't need either one of these guys. Although Grandal, this too, has the highest on-base percentage by somebody hitting 130-ish in history by about 100 points. <laughs> it would have to be. It would have to be. I'm looking at it right now. His on-base percentage is 385. It's insane. Plus, he's, his walks to strikeouts is one-to-one. He's actually got yeah. more walks than strikeouts still, 42 to 40, um, mm-hmm. which is just wild. I do want to just take a second so I don't forget to just, you know, say that all those Moncada – there's been some Moncada haters on soccer. You're Twitter kidding. How throughout you? Early on this year. People saying, oh, Mankata's overrated. Mankata's this. Mankata has been my guy from day one. I defend Mankata endlessly on on Twitter. He's he's my favorite player on the team right now. I think, I mean, I honestly think the guy has potential to be a top five player regularly in Major League Baseball. And I just love that my boy, Yuan Mankata, is stepping up. He's proven me right. He's now batting over 300. His on-base percentage is 430. 
which is just incredible. We talked about Grandal getting 42 walks. Moncada has 38 walks already. And oh, my goodness. Pitching, I didn't realize pitching, that. Yeah, they're not pitching around him. This is just good discipline hitting. He is leading the team in strikeouts. I will admit he's got 61 strikeouts. But a lot of that is front-loaded on the season. And now we see him up here. He's got 38 walks. His on-base percentage is 430. He's, he's hitting at key moments. He's hitting all, all over the field. He's hitting all types of hits, singles, doubles, home runs. I mean, the guy is just he, – he might be the most underrated player in all of Major League Baseball right now, despite how, you know, for a while everyone's saying he's going to be the next great player. I, I've got a remedy for him defensively, too, because, you know, his throws are always perfect when he's on the dead run in whatever direction. But if he's standing still, I, I think Jose's going to end up really hurt stretching for some of these uh, Mokata yeah. throws. So I think Mokata has to catch the ball, even if he's just standing there when he catches it. He has to run real hard and yeah. <laughs> throw it. <laughs> I mean, I always felt that way when I was playing. When I would play shortstop, if, if you're running hard toward the ball, it, it – there's something about it that just makes it so much easier to really rocket a throw over. It's got, I'm sure it has to do with momentum and, and the way you're, you're looking, you're focusing so intensely on your target. It is really shocking how much worse he is at throwing when he stands still. But I, I, I get it. I get it. And I, I hope he can work it out where he can be just as good, not on the move. Because on the move, he's the best third baseman in baseball. And you can challenge me on that all you want. I will not budge. On the move, Yoan Mankata is the most valuable third baseman in baseball. He's covering ground. He's making great stops. He's, his throws are, you know, hitting Jose in the chest at 90 miles an hour every time. It's, it's really incredible. But it is also incredible how bad his throws are when he's just standing there. But, you know, that again, this is a good opportunity for sports psychologists because that is all mental. It is all mental. The other, the other thing that he's had the big problem with is pop-ups where somebody else is involved. I mean, he just he either wants it and runs into somebody or decides he doesn't want it and it, and it drops. It, it's, uh, I don't know. But what I will it. say, though, what I will say, though, is the whole team has been really terrible at it. They have been oh, yeah. they That's have true. been literally bad at figuring out who gets what ball. And that you can see them know that they're doing a terrible job because it happens so frequently right now. And Moncada is a culprit, but you know, oh, Abreu is a culprit some of the time. Anderson is well, a culprit some of the time. What saves it on the right side is that Abreu is so much taller than Madrigal, he just <laughs> reaches over him and takes Exactly. It. And and otherwise, they've collapsed. And you know that if Madrigal and Abreu collide, only one of them's getting hurt. Uh, Madrigal, he'll be in the he'll be in the ICU, but uh, but Abreu will be fine. He'll just catch the ball, and move on with his day. But it, it does bring me to two things. You know, we have this manager who's supposed to be the, like, baseball fundamentals god, whatever. And the biggest problems are the team on the team are guys not stretching, apparently, because all we have is hamstring injuries all the time, and guys not calling for pop-ups. I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, why aren't, what's going on on this team that we got guys who are constantly getting hurt and then we got guys who are constantly about to run into each other catching pop-ups. It's ridiculous. It's kind of 
kind of the most confounding thing about this team is that is how we can be so fundamentally unsound right now without Aloy out there without Aloy which you know I mean even even Luis Robert taking one off the dome at the beginning of the year <laughs> which you know uh, you'll never be able to convince me that he's not an amazing fielder uh, but even that moment was like what the hell just happened what's going on out here with these pop-ups they, I, I hate to say it, these guys need, they need practice. They need to be going to, they need to be having long defensive practices where they're all just out there figuring out who calls for what fly ball when who's on base, like all the stuff you do for, for JV practice in high school, it, because it's, it's really bizarre. It's really bizarre how bad they are at calling for pop-ups and figuring out who should be getting what and when and, and they're letting, you know, the, the, the second in command guy take the pop up over the guy who should always call it in that scenario, which is so weird to me, you know, that a, a, a guy running back out of the infield is, is catching pop ups. And by the time he gets there, the fielder is just standing next, the outfielder is just standing next to him. Well, no, that's the outfielder's ball 100 out of 100 times. And, and yet we've got our infielders catching the ball or missing the ball. And you've got your outfielders right there. Adam Eaton did it the other day. There's a ball going back. Abreu just missed it. It was foul, fortunately, but he just missed it. Eaton's standing right there. Well, why the hell is Adam Eaton not calling that ball from the start? These are professional outfielders. They know they can get to that ball. They should be calling it. And then if they don't get to it, it's on them. And I think that's what it is. These guys just... You know, a, a part of it too probably is you got Andrew Vaughn in left field, so Tim Anderson and Yon Mankata aren't necessarily trusting that Andrew Vaughn is going to get to a ball in time, uh, which you know they could be right about. But you still got to make the kid try to be the one to get the ball. You know, if he's going to be your left fielder, you got to make him get those balls. It's really weird, man. It is really weird, and and you can see in Mankata's body language, Anderson's body language, Abreu's body language that they know it's weird. They know it's really weird that they're they're miscommunicating like this. I think there's a lot of miscommunication issues on this team right now. And that is really strange for a team that clearly gets along extraordinarily, that, that they're having those kinds of things. And it could stem from liking each other too much, uh, which I know sounds crazy, but it could be, okay, well, if the infielder called it, I don't want to piss them off, you know? Um, because they can get, they can jaw at each other when they call each other off out there. But we got to get back to the point where, you know, we're we're letting the the guys who are supposed to be calling the ball, supposed to have the right of way on these pop ups, just take them. Um, you know, like Rodon really wanted that pop up the other day. Well, what the hell are you doing, Carlos? You know, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. When was the last time that a, a high pop up they just let the pitcher catch it? This is just weird stuff. This is just strange mental mistakes and, and miscues. Um, I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't like seeing it, though. It's, it's, it's a young team, but they're not 13. You know, they're young, but they're mid-20s. They should be able to, to communicate well on pop-ups at this point. That's probably as good a place as any to end. Yeah, it's, it's something to keep an eye on as we move forward because – you know, it's not obvious stuff necessarily in terms of giving away runs, but these things give away runs. These things give people an extra swing when you miss it in foul territory. They 
you give them a, a, a strange hit or you let someone advance a base they shouldn't advance because the guy going backwards caught the ball instead of the guy coming forward. And uh, it's just really weird stuff. And, you know, it, it just adds to my thought that, you know, what is La Russa really doing to coach these guys? You know, we were running out of it. What's Jerry Naren do? Was, wasn't he supposed to be brought up to be a catching girl? What's, what's, I mean, or is it just that I hold Larusa's hand? Is that his entire purpose? Because I don't see any catcher girling going on. None uh, whatsoever. Anywhere. And they, the I catchers mean, get worse every week. Yes. You know, Zach's, Zach's framing is, is better than it has been in the past, but that's been since the start of spring training. It's not like it's developed it. But also, and they like still won't give Mercedes a chance to catch, despite what's happening in a game. And framing this year, irrelevant, because there's no strike zones. <laughs> the strike zone calling, the, the umpiring behind the plate this year has been mind-blowingly terrible. Just, like, just brutally bad. So framing, who cares? You can frame a ball <laughs> in the dirt, and they might call it a strike. You can frame a ball over someone's head, they might call it a strike. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. The, the catching guru has been any, he has not been goo or roo. He has been doing neither of those things. Our catchers are not great at, at all. And I would love to see your mean get a shot just because if your mean can't turn it around offensively, uh, he, I, I don't, I hate to say it, but your means, your means tenure is on its way to a close. Uh, if he can't turn it around. Yeah, I mean, if it, well, if it keeps going as it is and he's down around 250 or 240, he does not become useful. Um, no. And then he becomes the guy that, that goes down when the next person comes back. Uh, Which, of course, is a, a tough thing to do, you know, when, when he was the savior early on. In the oh, season. yeah. Which and, and, he, and has become a huge fan favorite. Big fan favorite. The fan favorite. So... I hope he I hope he gets out of it. You know, last week we were on here and I said, you're mean. We believe in you. You're going to be just fine. And he actually had a really great day after that. So I'm going to will it out there again. And I'm going to say here on Sharing Socks, we are pro your mean. We believe in you. We think you're going to come back. You're not going to be a 400 hitter, but we'll take you at, at 285, 290. Uh, you still give us a lot of value. We love you. You're mean. And we'll see you next time on sharing socks.